Welcome to Day 262 of Shape by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with Matthew Kresge and Katie Kresge. Uh, we continue through the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, in Chapter 18, Jesus has talked about his unique people, those who are called to assemble around him. And uh, he's begun to describe to us what uh, life looks like in the new community uh, as he calls people out of Israel uh, to faithfulness to himself. And so as we continue in chapter 19, we begin to see that. And, of course, part of what we see is the same thing that we, we saw at the very beginning. Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you'll no way enter the kingdom of heaven. And he begins, you know, just simply, you know, talking about divorce, how it had come to be seen, you know, in his generation, and, of course, how it was imagined in the Father's heart from the very beginning. So we see heart righteousness again working it out in a very hard way. Matter of fact, the disciples asked the question, whoa, maybe we shouldn't get married. But uh, <laughs> before we dig into that, uh, let's, uh, let's offer this moment to the Lord. Katie, you mind lifting us up? Father, thank you for this time that we have together. Thank you um, for the means that we um, have to, to do this um, to where we could, even if we're not all in the same room together right now, that we are able to read your word. Um, as your body, as your people, and be transformed by your spirit as we read it. So today, God, would you um, speak to us, speak to our hearts through your word? Would you strengthen us, strengthen our faith, um, strengthen our weak knees? And, um, and would you just call us to, um, to live lives of obedience? You are good. Help us to trust in you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went to the region of Judea to the other side of the Jordan. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees came to him to test him and asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason the man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. Tell you that anyone who divorces a wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. The disciples said to them, If this is the situation between a husband and a wife, it's better not to marry. Jesus replied, Not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who are born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commands. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, 
you will have treasures in heaven, then come follow me. When the man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples heard this and were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at him and said, With men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Peter answered him, We've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you have followed me, will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Uh, you find the disciples in two different occasions astonished, you know, at Jesus' teaching. Mm-hmm. First time, uh, the deep requirement for faithfulness in marriage that, you know, goes, you know, beyond limits of, you know, worldly considerations. And the second time, of course, is that anyone but possibly that a rich person uh, possibly, you know, would have a hard time entering the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. And that wealth could be a barrier, you know, to God's blessing rather than a sign of God's blessing. So it is a rich section of scripture, and as I think we say that all the time, it may be a little bit cliche, and they were saying it. Most sections of scripture are pretty rich. Pretty rich. <laughs> I just, wow, I've said it many times before, and I'll just say it again. These passages just really point me toward the heart of the issue, and, um, you know, in, in marriage, you know, where, where our heart lies. I mean, he talks about in verse 8, that Moses permitted them to divorce their wives because their hearts were hard, but he's bringing restoration to this idea of marriage, right? And where our heart is. And, um, and then also just with the rich man, um, where is our treasure? Where are we placing, um, the, the most value? And is it with, with the Lord or is it with our, our possessions our money? Um, so, for me, as I read these passages, it's definitely just a reminder and to ask myself, like, where is my treasure? Where is where am I placing all the value in my life? And of course, you have a you know, far deeper way the disciples will process the whole idea of marriage and, and of faithfulness, uh, you know, than the world around us, you know, approaches it. Mm-hmm. So it is calling us, you know, to a deeper righteousness. And of course, uh, we know from Ephesians that marriage is a a picture of God's faithfulness you know, to his people and to his church and uh, our willingness to be faithful even in the face of offense you know, to one another mm. is a portrait of God's uh, willingness to be faithful to us even in, in, in far greater offense mm-hmm. than uh, we've ever committed mm. yeah. than has ever been committed against us. Yeah. Mm. I love to, I mean, the, the interaction between Jesus and the little children yeah, then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Yeah, and, then, and then you have the question from you know, the, the rich young ruler right after that is, you know, what must I do to in- inherit the internal life? You know, because we've just read it, I mean, we're just reminded to enter in with childlike faith. You know, the kingdom of heaven belongs to the, to the children. It's to, I mean, I, I think of even just the contrast and, Obviously, these things break down, these illustrations, but I mean, Jude, like right now, I see 
you know, not childish faith, but childlike faith and, and, you know, he'll ask me to do something and he fully believes I can do it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, buddy, I I can't, I can't do what you're asking me to do. There's no chance. He's like, yeah, you can do it. You know, and and I think in, in some ways, you know, we're seeing it from the Pharisees. We're seeing it from the rich young ruler. The Pharisees are just simply, we're going to test Jesus. You know, we want to trap him. We want to, we want to be able to control, you know, our own religion and our own um, righteousness. The rich young ruler is kind of curious, you know, hey, what are the things I need to do? I've, you know, to this point, I've been able to accomplish everything I want to accomplish, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Jesus is just pointing us back to the children. Mm-hmm. Enter like them. Yeah, yeah, and of course, you know, the important people of the time would not have had time to, yeah. you know, sit and play with kids and, you know, to, uh, you know, bless kids. Uh, and, and so their importance would have been seen in their, in their busyness. And Jesus, you know, stops and pauses uh, and, uh, you know, uh, blesses them, which is the picture that you have of parents just bringing their kids, you know, to be blessed, you know, by, you know, by the rabbi. And of course, you're right. He doesn't call us to childishness. He calls us to childlikeness, which is full dependence on our, mm-hmm. on our Father, full dependence on our parents, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, full dependence on the person of God. And of course, you have with the rich young you know, man, someone who is fully dependent on himself. His very question, you know, reveals that: What can I do to get mm-hmm. eternal life? You just name it. I'll do it. And it's something I can acquire for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, when Jesus you know, begins, you know, to quote the law, you know, he's taking us to a place where we're soon exposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we the deeper we go in the law, the more we are exposed in our inability to actually perform on our own the things you know that God requires of us, in even a very limited level. Mm-hmm. So while we might remain faithful to our, you know, wife, Jesus said, you know, from your heart. Have you been faithful? Mm-hmm. And while we may not have, you know, murdered anyone, you know, lately, Jesus says, from your heart, have you been angry uh, and failed to forgive? And so you have this deeper, you know, the deeper call to righteousness. And, and this is to, you know, to give away everything you have and to follow me and have treasure in heaven. In other words, to transfer your uh, your dependence and your your status and your fulfillment and your enjoyment on the things you have that you've required for yourself to the things that only I can give mm-hmm. that you cannot require for yourself. Mm-hmm. And of course, the fact that he went away sad you know, was, was, reveals a lot yeah. how deeply he was attached to that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, and I'm sure Jesus could easily you know, get us you know, to that point. He'd probably just say, you know, Paul, could you give me? And he would name it in a second. And I would go, oh, <laughs> not that. I mean, whatever else you ask for, I'll double up on my quiet time. I'll, <laughs> and I'll spend more time at church. I'll do mission trips in the summer. Uh, and I'll memorize scripture, but, you know, not that. And, and of course, what he's asking us for is, is for our heart, not for, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, different law-keeping kind of exercises that we go through. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this passage as a staff yesterday, and the thought just crossed my mind um, is if Jesus asked me today to give up all of my possessions, to give everything to him, would I do it? And I actually, (laughs) you're not going to laugh at me, but I actually thought, I think I, like, I think I would, I think, I really do think I would. And then when you're talking about it, you said, Jesus is already asking that of us, that we 
are, would give him everything that are, are we doing that daily? And it's the daily thing that really got me. It's like when it's a hypothetical, if Jesus came up to me and asked me, I'd be like, yeah, I think I would. But then it's like, oh, wait, he is. And am I? And I think the, the daily aspect of it um, is a lot tougher for me because it's say, what am I in the habit of, of depending on? Yeah. And mm-hmm. what are the little things that I don't even think about that I put my trust in, that I put my faith in, um, that I'm holding on to so tightly and without even realizing it, honestly. And so I think scripture just reveals, and, like and, you said. And of course, it moves well beyond stuff. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, I remember one of my mentors used to say, you know, the problem with living sacrifices is they always jump off the altar. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and so in one moment we're surrendered, in another moment we're grabbing back, you know, the things that we've just surrendered to mm-hmm. God. But of course, in verse 29, he, he said, and everyone who's left houses, which is, you know, a possession, but then he goes, brothers or sisters, father or mother, wife or children, or fields for my sake. You know, and, and he takes it more to an emotional place. Mm-hmm. And he's not saying that you have to give up these things in order to follow me, but he's that these things cannot be bigger, right. you know, than me. And so, when he talks about discipleship, he says, "Anyone who loves father and mother more than me, wife and children more than me, mm-hmm. or even his own life more than me, is not, you know, worthy of me." And, and this, these are the hard issues. What are the things that you know that we're really attached to? And like I said a while ago, Jesus in a moment could look us in the eye and said, "Well, how about that?" Mm-hmm. And he would know exactly where our hearts and our affections are and we might not mm-hmm. you know we we might be kidding ourselves about yeah. where our heart and our affection truly is but mm. he yeah. would know and he would <laughs> ask and yeah. we would pause yeah yeah and, I, and oh go ahead Matt. it's just it, uh, you know the passages like these we run across at times and we think well jesus can't really mean that or we try to explain mm-hmm. it away you know we try to look for there's gotta be like some kind of hidden meaning i just don't really understand what he's saying here and we miss on at the very surface of the passage jesus is saying yeah. exactly what we think he's saying and and look at how his disciples respond then they're like okay, then who in the world can be saved? Yeah, th- this is impossible. Of course, in Luke, he says it to everyone. He said, uh, little flock, do not fear. God has seen to give you the kingdom, sell everything you have, yeah. <laughs> give your possessions to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. I was reading a commentary, you know, uh, commentator on this, and he said, if you're too quickly relieved that Jesus has not asked this question of you, then you're exactly the kind of person that Jesus <laughs> would ask this question, question to. <laughs> yes. and I thought, what great, you know, what great irony. Mm. Uh, mm. Wow. I just feel like um, in our American Christian culture, um, the things that we idolize are several of the things that he, that he listed, which are our family um, yes, of our material possessions, of course, especially in our suburban culture, mm-hmm. right? But even more specifically in the Christian world, like just our families, our kids, our, our spouses, those are things that we hold on to so tightly and really kind of set up boundaries around us so that we can keep the, keep yeah. things from messing yeah. with those well, things. Well, we've turned them into like respectable idols. You yeah. know, it's at and least we don't idols. have the idols that are destructive. Mm-hmm. And, no. and Jesus would look at us and say, yeah, but you value those things more than me. Yeah, right. and, and I think we mentioned it yesterday that um, we deeply appreciate uh, you know the title of a you know James Smith book or James A. K. K. A. Smith's K. A. Smith, book. Yeah. You know where he said uh, you are what you love, and then the subtitle is and you don't love what you think you love. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can easily deceive ourselves about you know heart attachments. 
-hmm. and it is good for us to pray as David prayed and why don't we just do that search us oh God and and, and know our hearts try us and know our anxious thoughts see if there's any offensive way in us and lead us in your ways ways everlasting and Father we thank you for your faithfulness through your word and the spirit to shine light in areas of darkness in our heart that we uh, we are seldom aware of uh, to explore recesses of our life that we've closed the door and locked it and, and have hidden from even ourselves. And we pray that you would continue to do your work in us to build us up in Christ Jesus. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.